Okay, so it's Kristen Davis is taking a bath. And she's just like trying to relax and she's sitting in the bath. And then in walks Grace. Grace. And she brings basically all the fixins for tea, which was a full jug of milk that she yep. then pours into the bathtub. Yep. She takes a whole thing of sugar, throws oh. that in the bathtub. Oh, I thought that was bath salts. No, I thought it was milk and sugar. Cause and then she spoon fed her honey. It was like the fixings <laughs> for tea. And then puts 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 rose petals in it. Yeah. And of course, I'm going milk and sugar are are not good for your vagina. Like she's going. <laughs> there will be ramifications. I am Chrissy, and I'm Anne. And this is That's Outrageous. This is the podcast where we discuss the news you might have missed, but you should know about. Correct. Under the radar. Under the radar. And the same thing, we will discuss movies or TV shows. Or actually, have we ever done TV shows? No. Movies. TV movies. <laughs> yeah. Split the difference. <laughs> TV movies um, that you may have missed and shouldn't have. Although the one we're discussing this week is is in the news everybody's talking about it yeah i i we have not yet discussed this usually we have like at least a one or two line text about it but i'm gonna i am this movie actually just i i just sat there like in anger i was just like angry <laughs> that's all i could say i don't know why just i was sitting there like why is this movie making me so mad anger but let's get to the news Anne, because there's a lot going on there is a lot happening in the world I don't know if you saw this. I actually saw this on the news this morning and then I looked it up. This to me is very cool. And I think you're going to get into this, Anne. Okay. I don't know if you saw this story about in Egypt, they're transporting mummies through Cairo to a new location. No. Oh, you got, you got to look this up, Anne. It, they, have, they have gone all out. So as it says, it's a lavish multi-million dollar spectacle wherein 22 mummies, 18 of which are kings and four queens, have been transported from the peach-colored neoclassical Egyptian museum to their new resting place, which is three miles away. Okay. And because these mummies are, you know, royalty, they, they took all these crazy um, security precautions so that the, even they repaved some roads so it wouldn't be bumpy, they put them in climate controlled transports. And each one, I kid you not, you have to look this up. Each one is in a gold car that has their name on the outside. And they had all these people come out and watch this procession. It, it looks like it's something out of Vegas or something of these, uh, you know, former royalty being re, uh, relocated to their new place. Why the gold cars? Because they're royalty. Okay. I think it's because there is a curse that said if they're not treated with respect, there will be ramifications. Well, yes. Okay. So that's so funny. This is the part that I thought that you would get into. Um, well, anyway, there's going to be a new museum and that's why they were moving them. And they were hoping that uh, the Egyptian authorities were hoping this would revitalize tourism um, because obviously so many places have been affected by the, by the pandemic. Yeah. So, while it is being seen as a grand and even fun event, Egypt's mummies have historically been associated with superstition and foreboding. That's right. They better have some offerings waiting for them at the next museum. It better be set up and ready to go to the specifications. Yeah. So, this is interesting, and I think you would believe in this. I think this is just coincidence. But recently so they're moving these things so that upsets the spirits you know what i'm yes. saying Being if anybody's moved. seen a haunted house movie they don't want to be moved yeah you ever seen poltergeist yeah <laughs> right, right, right. Any, other, any, right. any literally the 47 movies called the mummy yeah well and recently egypt has had a string of disasters mm. last week alone dozens of people were killed in a train crash in upper egypt oh that's terrible and 18 people died in a building collapse in Cairo. Then, as almost everybody knows, the Suez Canal was blocked 
by a cargo ship for almost a week. That's true. So social media users have questioned whether the myth of the, the pharaoh might be to blame. Additionally, the ethics of displaying ancient Egyptian mummies has long been debated, and many Muslim scholars believe the dead should be treated with dignity and respect and not exhibited as curiosities. Yeah, that's always been a question of mine with the way mummies are displayed. I mean, because, it, I mean, at the end of the day, you are looking at the remains of a person, be it how old they've been dead or whatever. And I mean, look, I, I saw King Tut when I did, I've done it too. And I mean, it is a spectacle. You have a ton of people clamoring in and taking pictures and being annoying and, you know, depend dependent upon i guess your your religious beliefs that's probably you know considered disrespectful to the dead and the the culture i mean you know as i mean i understand how it's a um historically it's important and and learning about cultures and you know but i mean just if you know anything about the way the egyptians were with the mummification process and all of the gifts and offerings you'd have to leave i mean it was Everybody took that shit really seriously. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's very interesting that, uh, you know, these are mummies have been gone for a long time and yet they hold such, they still, as they should, hold such a revered and special place in the, in the hearts of Egyptians. You, you have to, listeners, I implore you to go look at these pictures of these cars that transported this. It, and they had lining up and down the street, they had like drummers and stuff. This was some pageant i'm telling you they probably consulted with some sort of egyptian scholar of of the day and said just to be on the safe side since we've had a couple of incidents maybe you should do the following and then they did it by the letter oh they did yeah they were placed in special nitrogen filled boxes to help them protect against external conditions like i said the road had to be repaved to keep the journey smooth like they went to the every de detail was was done i mean that's that's something yeah but i knew that you'd like the the curse of the whole thing yeah and i do believe it well here's another crazy story Anne, and this one won't surprise you because it is coming out of florida oh well i'm sure it's only good news and real classy well something else has been uncovered in florida and it is a naked woman in a storm drain <laughs> You know, that's probably one of the least surprising things they found in a storm drain down there. Well, this woman, this was in Delray Beach. Okay. Um, she reportedly spent three weeks three in the weeks? sewer system. Yeah, three weeks in the sewer system. That, how do you even stay alive? Three weeks? Yeah, that's what I want to know. Uh, a woman called 911 to say she could hear a woman yelling for help from a sewer drain. Oh my God, that's horrifying. Yeah, at an intersection. And the police um, arrived and this woman was rescued. Must have been quite a sight. Um, she says she went for a swim in a canal near her boyfriend's house. She told them that while she was swimming, now I don't understand this, she came across a doorway near a shallow part of the canal. What? Yeah. She entered the doorway and noticed a tunnel. And then she became, this is like Alice in Wonderland. Then she became curious where the tunnel led and followed it. Okay. Well then, you know what? I take back everything I said. This woman's a fucking idiot. Why would you do that? Why would you start going through doors and tunnels under, I mean, I'm, I'm glad she's alive and that's terrible, and I'm sure it's been a it was a harrowing experience, and she'll never do it again. But come on, yeah, she, um, yeah, she just took one tunnel to another, and then she realized she was lost. And when she finally saw light, which I, I don't know why it took her three weeks to find some light, but she stayed in place and was rescued because she could see people walking past her. She had been reported missing by her boyfriend, uh, so it, it wasn't like they didn't know that she was missing. They said that when they, when they found her, she appeared to be coherent. Uh, her mother was contacted, although this woman's 43 years old, I should say. It's not a young, not a young girl who went wandering off. Um, the mother 
says that her daughter has a history of mental illness and is a frequent user of illegal narcotics. Okay. All right. I was going to say, so there has to be either the woman was out of her mind high. Yeah. And, or some sort of mental illness, which not her fault. I feel bad about that, but I mean, come on. And also how do you survive? I just don't understand how she survived for three weeks. Yeah. Because you at least have to drink something. So what is she drinking? Sewer water? That would kill you. That would kill you. So something about this is not adding up to me. I'm not saying she's lying, but I'm not not saying she's lying. I'm not saying that she hasn't been missing for three weeks. I'm just saying (laughs) I don't think all three weeks were spent in the sewer. Probably not. She also had no clothes on. Let's just. Well, they say sometimes you get like hype, you start, you know, hallucinating. I mean, who knows what, what happens? Yeah. Well. Yeah. Maybe she was trying to leave a trail, you know, like a trail, like I'm going to go this way and let me trace my steps back or something. What do the police think when they come on this scene and they're like, there's a woman in the sewer? I guarantee they people are in the sewer a lot. I'll bet you if you pull the records, there's probably a couple times a month about someone's in a sewer. That's outlandish. That's outrageous, Anne. Well. A couple times a month people yeah, are in the sewers? I would think so. Okay. Well. Somebody dropped their keys down there. I think you always hear stories about that. Yeah, but then you don't crawl into the sewer. They do. People do. Maybe you wouldn't do it, but people do it. Okay. Especially if they're under the influence of something, perhaps. Oh, well, yeah, you could do anything under the influence of something. How many times have you heard about, like, someone, like, drops their phone or their key, and then they go after it, and then they're like, "Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-oh. They go, oops. It happens. Um, all right, Anne. Now, maybe this is how this woman survived under there. A man, a diver, okay. has broken the world record for how long he could hold his breath. That scares me. You're not going to believe how long he held his breath. Okay. Let me guess. Yeah, take a guess. I'm going to guess six minutes and 13 seconds. Great. He held his breath for 24 minutes and 37 seconds. I can't believe that. That would kill you. Don't you get brain damage if, you, if you're not getting oxygen to your brain for that long? Well, he, this man has been practicing. Okay, first of all, he's been practicing and training this. So I guess there is something to be said for, you know, that you could. Al- Personally, I don't think that I could breathe. I, I don't think I could hold my breath, honestly, for more than two minutes. I think two minutes tops. Oh, if that. I could, I mean. Even if, if medically, like physically I could do it, mentally, no way, because I'd start freaking out. Yeah, that's like, so what he does, so he, again, he has been training to do this and he has adapted his body to function under extremely low levels of oxygen. So for several more minutes before his dive, he breathes pure oxygen, enabling him to more than double the world record he set in the past. So that's his new strategy. He says 18 minutes for him is pretty easy. Then around 18 minutes, muscle contractions set in, at which point he focuses on counting the contractions as a strategy to stay conscious. I'm just going to ask the question, why? Why are you doing this, sir? Yes. Okay. I'm going to tell you. He does it to raise money and he is inspired by his daughter who is living with cerebral palsy, epilepsy, and autism. Um, And he likes to he uses this as a way to bring attention to the struggles of people with those conditions. I mean, that's admirable. Yeah. I just wonder if there isn't a better way to do that without (laughs) possibly dying or getting brain damage. Yeah. Yes. I should mention he is uh, Croatian and he's a former bodybuilder. So he's used to sort of pushing his body to the yeah. limit. Well, you know how I feel about pushing your body to the limit. I, it's just not, I don't, my brain doesn't work like that. Right. That's not, that's not where you're putting your energies. No, I can't relate in any way, shape or form to this man. <laughs> I just can't. I mean, I'd be like after 30 seconds, no, that's it. And then I'd go about my day. So I just don't have that. Um, you know, that drive in me, I guess. Yeah. Well, well, maybe you can get behind this guy, Ann. Well, you can't. I'm, I'm already going to predict you can't. But I just find this story funny. So 
there is it, it, the man himself is not funny. He, there's a very violent um, <laughs> mafia oh, fugitive. My. Yeah. Oh my! Okay. Yeah. This this mafia fugitive hid from police for years, but guess how they caught him, Anne? I don't know. You're never gonna guess. Let me guess. In okay. a sewer. In a sewer. That would have been so good. <laughs> he was yelling no. for help. He fell in a door. At going going. Like after taking a swim in a canal. <laughs> he was actually uh, living in the lap of luxury in the Dominican Republic. Ooh. Yeah. But he was caught because he uploaded Italian cooking tutorials to YouTube. Well, that's just getting, you know, that's when you really, you think you've outsmarted everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just being brazen. And he should have just enjoyed his life living it up in the Dominican Republic because that sounds lovely. Well, and I, I, I'm leaving out one crucial detail, which is he did not, um, he, he did it hands and pans. He didn't do his face. However, he has identifying tattoos on his arms and that is how they figured out who it was. Well, who was looking at these videos? Like, how did they even know to look? I mean, I wouldn't even know where to begin on YouTube. There's millions and millions and millions of videos. I know. It must have been by some kind of fluke. As we were saying, we just want anyone to share our videos. This guy is on the run and he gets caught by the FBI. Yeah, I would be thrilled if the FBI <laughs> or somebody in law enforcement happened upon our shit. Yeah, and, and, and broadcast it to the world. Yeah, they're like, we have good news and bad news. Your YouTube's metrics are way up. The engagement <laughs> is really high. Unfortunately, you are going to federal prison. You are going, you're going back. He got, he got deported to Milan. Yeah. Uh, apparently, he's a very bad man. Very bad. But he makes a hell of a carbonara. Have you had, yeah, have you had his <laughs> fettuccine Alfredo? Because it is heavenly. Was he a murderer? Like, was he a, was he a, a hitman for the mob does, or does it say what his job was he's definitely guilty of criminal drug trafficking okay his branch of the mafia was much more under the radar than the more well-known cosa nostra and camarora mm -hmm. um, but they managed to transcend both of those in wealth and political power and manicotti and manicotti and apparently a lot of cocaine lot of cooking um and they ruthlessly kill any members that make a mistake so i don't know if he himself has blood on his hands but he certainly um he has ordered hits that resulted in the death of his rival's wife whoa yeah murder extortion yeah he's got a lot of things going against yeah him. he's got quite a rap sheet yeah but he did find time to perfect well maybe he can cook in prison yeah listen everybody needs a skill no oh. that's right um, all right, Anne, before we get to our movie of the week, I just wanted to give everyone an update on the patron saint of the podcast. Oh, yes. How wonderful. We have really not been giving him his due, Mr. Patrick Muldoon. I know. I'm so sorry. Not that he knows this exists or has listened. He will. But one day when he goes back and listens to everything from episode one, he'll go. That's right. Ladies, yeah. thank you. Yes, thank you. So we need to let everyone know next Friday, April 16th, he has a new movie coming out. It's called Vanquish with Morgan Freeman and Ruby Rose. Yeah, we retweeted the trailer on the Inst our Instagram. That's right. And he is actually the third lead if you look up the cast. I love how you say actually, like it's shocking. I'd say it's about time. It's about time. That's I think true. he should have been first billing. First billing. He plays Agent Monroe in this story of a mother who's trying to put her dark past as a Russian drug courier behind her, but a retired cop played by Morgan Freeman forces her to do his bidding by holding her daughter hostage. Whew. Yeah. So that's Vanquish next Friday. And he doesn't rest on his laurels. He's in Italy right now filming his next film. Look at that. Yeah. This one is called Dakota. And it's with Abby Cornish and William Baldwin. We all remember William Baldwin. Of course. And, and Abby Cornish, she was in stuff. Yeah. And this film centers on Abby Cornish, who is a widow who lost her husband in the war in Afghanistan. 
and is struggling to maintain her small town farm with her daughter while also running the local volunteer fire department. Wow, she's got a lot on her on her plate there. Yeah, and I think Muldoon is the bad guy because it says he will play the local sheriff keen to take advantage of the family. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. There we go. See, he can play the good guy and the bad guy. That's right. He's very versatile. As we've seen, we've seen on display. That's true. We've seen many sides of Muldoon. Well, I say congratulations to you, sir. Yeah. We're thrilled and we'll be watching. Was it Vanished? Vanquished? Vanquished. Vanquished. We'll be watching Vanquished. No, it's just present tense. Va- Vanquish. Oh, just Vanquish. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> like some magician shit. Um, but you know what? I will be watching Vanquish. Third yeah. billing Muldoon. That's right. Well Patrick. done. Well done. All right. Well, this week we watched a movie that you claim is lighting up the internet. We needed to drop everything and watch it. Yes. I will say this. I had two different people text me about this movie independently of each other to say, have you seen this? And you need to watch it if you haven't. My One of my best friends, Jill and, and Stevie, who's been on the podcast a few times, yeah. independently of each other was like, have you watched any of this? And I said, I have not. But then I looked, it's all over like social media. Like everybody's talking about it. Okay. Well, it's called Deadly Illusions. Yeah. It's on Netflix. And it stars Kristen Davis from Sex and the City fame as Mary. Yep. And her husband is Dermot Mulroney, Tom. Mary and Tom. Good old Mulroney. 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 Is it Mulroney or Mulroney? I don't, I guess it's I think it's Roney. I think it's Roni. Um, Roni. And then the other star is Greer Grammer, daughter of Kelsey Grammer. That's right. But not but not the daughter of, of Camille Grammer. This is no. I guess his first wife's. Yeah, he's had several. Yeah, because for a minute I went, Oh my god, is that you know the, the daughter with um from him and Camille? But it is not. It's his older daughter. Yeah, because this woman's almost 30, I think. Yeah. Um, and she coincidentally is a producer of the film. If you're wondering how she got the part, you mean from Kiss and Tail Productions, because that was the name of the production company. There you go. That's called using daddy's money to make myself a movie and a good movie at that. Okay. Well, here we go. So, all right. I, well, all right. The, the basic storyline is Kristen Davis and Dermot Mulroney, Mary and Tom are seemingly a very wealthy couple. She has written some best-selling novels, but is retired from doing that because she just wants to be the best mom and mother she can be, mom and wife she can be. Yeah. Tom has run into some financial difficulties, which really isn't explained, but he's lost a significant amount of money. Yeah. And as luck would have it, Mary's publisher had just stopped by that very same day saying they wanted to give her $2 million to write another book. Well, not exactly. They came to her and said, we have this offer. And she ignored, was like, I'm not interested. I'm not interested. I don't want to write. And then Mulroney sees the papers and was like, "Mm, maybe you want to reconsider because I lost most of our money. Sorry about that. Yeah. But this all happens on the same day. Right. And for reasons unbeknownst, she's actually insulted that they would even suggest that she write another book. I mean, from the get-go, didn't you get, I said, oh, so she's crazy. I mean, literally, I wrote it down. One minute into the movie, I went, okay, so she's crazy. All right, well, we'll get to that. So then, so in order for her to write this novel, her friend suggests that she hires a nanny so that she has time to do her writing, right? Yeah, so she could have some time to not be super mom, because apparently that's her, you know, Achilles yeah. heel. And she wants to be the best wife and mother. Yeah. Although after the, after she says that, I, there's no evidence that that was ever the case, but um, so, so she hires this woman, Grace. The first thing I'm going to say, the names in this, the, the babysitter's name is Grace and her name is Mary. I'm like, what, why? <sighs> okay. Their That's behavior problems with Grace and Mary are very normal, common names. But I think, well, Mary is obviously very 
uh, not not even oblique. It's like it's the Virgin Mary is like a, a, a okay, a, and Grace is also like a religious name. I'm like, why are they using these religious names for these very troubled women? But okay, I'll I'll let my that's that I like that that was the problem. Well, I kept being like Grace and Mary. Like what they it's not like it was like Joanne and Linda or something. Anyway, I so that's Joanne and Linda. So she goes to, so Mary goes to a high priced nanny company and she starts <laughs> interviewing people and she doesn't like any of them. And then lo and behold, Grace shows up and she looks like an American girl doll come to life, even though she's in her twenties. Yeah. She has like a French braid. She wears the little short, um, schoolgirl skirts and like very prim and proper and sweet. Can I just say though, when she goes to the, um, this nanny building i it, it, it immediately i go what is up with this place everything was like top of the line security and then they basically had a room that was <laughs> like um a room where you i guess were just uh what's the word like where you're look where you're watching Obser and like an observation room essentially yeah. it was just a room that the people could peek in and watch these nannies interact with children, like almost like in a daycare setting. Yeah. But I'm still not clear what that room was for and why anyone was using it since it was right. supposed to be just like a nanny agency. Well, and plus there's, they're supposed to be taking care of these children in their homes. So why do they have like 10 kids in there with one, they each have a nanny. Yes. And, it was and like you said, it's like, it's like, please come in here and see how good our nannies are. It's like, that almost looked like, like people we worked with had like doggy daycares where they could watch their dogs. I'm like, that's like what this reminds me of. It's yes, weird. That's exactly. I was like, why is there an observation room? Yeah. Yeah. It didn't. Well, one of many things that makes no sense. Yeah. But I was like, that's strange. But anyway. Right. Yeah. So she hires Grace and she's the best nanny ever created. She's so good with the kids. She's so sweet. Blah, blah, blah. All right. And then it doesn't take long for things to turn weird. <laughs> <laughs> to yeah. say the least i'm not gonna go through all the plot twists and turns but essentially well there's a lot of questions but it's it appears that that mary the the author develops sexual feelings for grace first of all mary and mulroney are full sexually harassing i kept going she has a rock solid case against these two well, yeah, okay. Well, those two, well, I, it, Mary and Tom have a very uh, active sex life to the point where he comes in and they feel the need to run into like the wine closet to have sex while their kids are out in the kitchen. Yeah. They are both super horny all the time. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah. Which is my kind of movie. I, you know, I love an erotic thriller. It's my favorite. But okay. I, I did take issue with Kristen Davis. I, I think she was, the way she played it was actually quite good because she seems nuts, but she has that kind of Charlotte exterior of Sex in the City where she's very prim and proper and bubbly, but her behavior is deranged because at one point she says, um, oh, do you guys want to go swimming? And she lets the girl, loans her one of her suits yeah. And the girl is in the pool. First of all, I love that there are so many scenes where they're swimming in a swimming pool when it's clearly winter outside. Did you notice that? The trees were all dead. The trees are dead. The lawn is dead. They look freezing. And they're, <laughs> they, for some reason, have them in swimming pools wearing summer dresses. Yeah. It was very strange. I felt very badly for the actresses. I, I put an extra blanket on myself because I was getting cold just watching them. Okay. But anyway... Grace is in the water, nips hard, Again, yeah. it's very cold. And Kristen Davis is just kind of like standing back and admiring it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So the whole thing is they develop, let's say, a very strange relationship. They, they, uh, well, okay. about the shopping spree. Well, that's what I, so, okay. So, so they wind up having a sexual relationship grace also has a sexual relationship with the husband of course then it turns out that she is crazy she tries well 
Mary's best friend, played by Shinola Hampton, is named Elaine. She inexplicably gets murdered. Everyone thinks it was Grace. Then you're missing the part. We, we must talk about the shopping. No, no, we're gonna. But I'm just saying, this is the broad. Okay. And then, and then Grace tries to kill Tom. And then, of course, it's divulged that she had this horrible childhood and she has a multiple personality disorder and she tries to kill Kirsten Davis. Anyway. Can we say spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't wanted to watch? We should put that earlier. Okay. What if someone wants to watch it? This is where we're, if you, if you're going to watch this movie, maybe turn off the podcast halfway through and then listen back again if you don't want the big reveal spoiled okay well i would say the big reveal has i've not yet even said okay which is the last scene which is what every article that i could find was talking yeah. about which was like what is the point of not what yes, what happened in the ending we'll talk about because i have an opinion okay great i do too well i don't but i want to know what yours is anyway but the whole okay so the whole thing is you're kind of like Kristen davis the mary character to me is the one who initiates this relationship yes because she says to her they've been working she's been working there for like three days <laughs> and she's like let's go play hooky i'm gonna take you shopping yes okay what do they go shopping for bras which is bizarre that's number one bizarre number one and number two bizarre that she's in the dressing room with her while she's yes. on the bras she actually is helping her try on the bras <laughs> but which meanwhile, she's playing it she's not being sexy like she's playing it totally like if your mom was in there trying on bras with you like she's like well this is a nice fit and look at the cup let me just tighten up the straps for you yeah but she also when the girl turns around topless and the girl and mary says to her she compliments her the perkiness of her breasts that's not what your mom would say. That's true. Then she also, the first bra she tries on, uh, maybe you need help with, it had a back clasp. The second <laughs> one was a front clasp. Why did she have to do that? She does do the front clasp. I can't. I mean, the whole thing was just bizarre. That's when I was like, wait a minute. I was like, I thought the whole, like when I started watching the movie, of course you're like, okay, the nanny's going to be crazy and like try to kill everyone. Yeah. But the then, crazy nanny routine that we all, we've all seen. Yeah. But then I was like, maybe Kristen Davis is the one who's going to go crazy because <laughs> who the hell she's basically hitting on this girl in the dressing room. Yeah. And, and it seems like at this point, Grace is, you know, kind of uncomfortable. I mean, she's kind of like covering her boobs and like, oh, and, but then she's like, do you like them? Or she says something like, yeah. what do you think of them? And like puts her hand, takes Kristen Davis's and puts her hand on her boob. Yeah. And then later that no, night. No, she says, if you want to remember how it feels. Oh, if you, yeah. If you want, which is kind of an insult. Like you want to remember how firm tits feel because you don't have them anymore. But <gasps> then Kristen Davis goes home to, to Mulroney and they, they have a conversation where she's like, you know, I've just been thinking about plastic surgery. Oh yeah. And is it something I should consider? Which is hilarious because both both of them have clearly had full facelifts. Well, I, I thought the other thing about that scene that was interesting to me was when she says, Should I have plastic surgery? He immediately says, Oh, you mean like a breast augmentation? I'm sorry. I think a woman of that age, if they're like, do you think I have surgery? You know, they're talking about a facelift or something with their face. I don't think you immediately say, oh, you want to have a breast augmentation? Oh, and then he goes, oh, and then he goes, oh, you mean like, like a bigger butt? Yeah. And she's like, no, just like a nip tuck. And I'm like, you are nipped and tucked through <laughs> the gods, my lady. And got good for her. I would be too, if I had that kind of money. But um, both of them are sitting there talking about <laughs> should they or should they not get plastic surgery and have both clearly had plastic surgery that is like the least offensive thing that happened in this whole movie so, <laughs> so then this weirdo relationship progresses but they keep doing things where Kristen davis keeps falling asleep and then when she wakes up then you're uncertain at least i was i was like was what just happened what we just saw 
was that a dream? Yeah. Or was that real? Because she seems confused. And the fact, oh, this is the other good thing. We haven't even said this. But, and the fact that she is supposedly, she barely does anything, but she's supposedly writing a novel right. longhand on these right. notepads with no lines what on them or anything. Just plain, like, printing paper. Yeah. And a pen. And a pen. And so you, and she said at one point, like, when I start writing these stories, I go into a dark place. So again, you don't really know right. what's reality and uh, what isn't. Yeah, we didn't mention that. So she writes like um, thriller, like murder mystery thrillers. Yes. Yes. And while she writes, she seems to need to smoke cigars. That is my favorite thing in the whole <laughs> movie. Honestly, I could watch footage of Kristen Davis smoking a cigar for two hours and not get bored. There are scenes of her <laughs> smoking. First of all, it's the same cigar. She just keeps taking the same cigar that she keeps in a, in a, in a cigarette case. Yeah. That she'll pull out and just puff away on it. Yeah. Or I mean, to the point where I'm going, this poor woman probably <laughs> threw up after they did this take like five times because she is just going to town on the cigar and it is really something to behold yeah I, and and I, when the first time she did it it was sort of obscured i thought she was vaping which was weird enough i thought they rolled a blunt in the beginning i literally texted my friend and go are they smoking a blunt because they were passing it back and forth and she's like no it's just a regular cigar which i thought was even more insane it was insane and then the mo i i have to say in, in a crazy movie, I think the most insane scene was when she was laying on the chaise lounge by her pool. <laughs> right. Again, topless. Freezing, freezing cold outside, by the way. Yeah. Topless. Grace is in a sweater. Yeah. Smoking a cigar and supposedly writing her book. She's just sitting there on her elbows, like, writing away. So good. And I'm like, what Looney Tune planet is this woman coming from? This, again, is supposed to be the mother and wife of the year. Like, this is, she has aspired to be like June Cleaver. And then she goes, can you rub some of the, you know, the old, can you rub some of this on my back? Yeah. The, um, sunscreen. Yeah. That she gets rubbed in and it's like, ooh. Yeah. Ah, as it's yeah. getting rubbed in. And then she decides to jump into the pool. First yeah. of all, we all know you can't do that after you get sunscreen applied. It's going to wash right off, <laughs> number one. But I guess it doesn't matter because it was winter. And <laughs> then she takes off her bathing suit and is skinny dipping. And yeah. is like, come on in. The water's great. Meanwhile, I'm like, it's 40 degrees of that water. Yeah. And then so she throws the bathing suit out. And then the girl puts her bathing suit on. It's so weird. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird and at this point i'm still like this is kristen davis mary is again mother mary is trying to seduce this girl then she's into it then <laughs> there's the whole scene with the bathtub okay so that scene at one point <laughs> okay so it's kristen davis is taking a bath and she's just like trying to relax and she's sitting in the bath and then in walks Grace. Grace. And she brings basically all the fixins for tea, which was a full jug of milk that she yep. then pours into the bathtub. Yep. She takes a whole thing of sugar, throws that in the bathtub. Oh, I thought that was bath salts. No, I thought it was milk and sugar. Cause, and then she spoon fed her honey. It was like the fixings for tea. And then puts, puts, puts rose petals in it. Yeah. And of course I'm going, milk and sugar are, are not good for your vagina. Like she's going, <laughs> there will be ramifications after that bath. Because then, <laughs> it's true. You don't want to pour sugar in there. It's going to, I mean, that's a yeast infection. And then- uh, certainly because uh grace is fingering her under the water yeah that sugar is going right up there <laughs> she better call the doctor right when she got out of there and look so, so, i'm just telling you what, what happened folks 
Yeah. And, and there are a lot of scenes of these two spending a lot of time together. And my question is, she hired this woman to be a nanny. Where are these children? Yeah, that she come, she's there when the kids, I guess, are still at school, which is not clear as to why. Right. Why would she need to be there? Um, and then they decide to go on a, on, on a picnic. Yep. Again, in my opinion, picnics are terrible under the best of circumstances, but they decide to go on a picnic when it's dark and cold and in the middle of nowhere and they're sitting reading she's kristen davis is reading poetry aloud oh yeah yeah it was the strangest i'm like i don't even understand why this is happening it it was it was extremely strange and then this is one of the things that's sort of unresolved is that somehow their bike tires get slashed and we never really know if it was mary or grace who slashed the tires but it was one of them and also why what was and the why? point of slashing the tires because right. they end up just walking the bikes back to the house like right i don't understand what the what the point of that even was well this is okay so this is my sort of theory about that it was i think it was supposed to add some kind of danger to what where this relationship was going because when they, if you will recall, when they walked the bikes back, Mary's best friend, uh, this woman, Elaine, yeah. was there talking to Tom, expressing her concern about Grace to Tom, saying that she thought that she was dangerous. But also, Elaine, at one point, was thinking that um, Dermot Mulroney and Grace were having an affair, because she saw them in a car together, and she says to... Yeah, Kristen yeah. Davis, like, just watch out. I, you know, you know the what happens with the nannies, and you know they're spending a lot of time together. You need to keep an eye on it. So I was unclear as to what she actually was concerned about because she's. I thought that part was strange. Like, why did she show up at the house? Yeah, well, she was talking. I think she wanted to say something to Tom, and by the way, she was right. They were also having an affair. If you believe what you saw through the viewpoint of Mary, because again, there's a lot of things we're seeing, but in the end, you're not sure if you were seeing reality or fantasy. But then there was the scene where Mulroney and, um, and Greer Grammar are out to lunch. Yeah, they're out and to out, lunch. Right? And they're, <laughs> they're out to lunch. And then, you know, again, the trope of, I'm no kid, you know, where or, or they do that. How old are you anyway? And if you right. have to ask that question, fellas, maybe you need to keep walking. But anyway, yeah. you know, that whole flirtation and, and you know something's going to happen. So that seemed like that was real because Mary wasn't there. That was something happening in a, its own bubble. And then they're, they're like singing and dancing in the car. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, Dermot Mulroney has the kind of face that you know he's sleeping with the nannies. Just well, in general, in life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, she also she also sings and dances with Mary in a scene after the pool. They go inside and have drinks and are dancing by themselves in the <laughs> living room. It Joey was so, by Concrete Blonde. <laughs> oh, my God. It was so cringy. I was like, and the scene went on and on. I was like, why are they still dancing? And her towel kept being like completely... It would be up, it would be down, it would be up. I'm like, they didn't even pay attention to how they were shooting this. There's so many inconsistencies. Oh, the inconsistencies were hilarious. It was ridiculous. It was honest to God. I'm like, who is, who's the script coordinator? Couldn't anyone say uh, the towel was up in the last one, now it's down, now it's back up again. Um, but anyway, so right after that though, Kristen Davis is having trouble sleeping. Um, so yeah, so so she disappears in the middle of the night. She wakes again. She wakes up. We don't really know what has happened. The next day, or no, because that night when Elaine showed up, was said, "I need to talk to you in private." Come, you know, I need to talk to you in private. So so I guess that would be why she was going over there was to talk to her about her concerns. Yeah. So she goes over, and she, Elaine has been very graphically murdered she has a pair of scissors in her neck it's the old where the person walks into the um room and goes 
Elaine, Elaine, and her back is, you know, in the swivel chair. If someone's in a swivel chair and their back <laughs> is facing you, they're going to have scissors in their neck. That is just the way it goes. Yeah. And they're not, and they're not turning around when you're calling right. them. Elaine, Elaine. Yeah. Elaine. Oh, there you are. And then the old reveal of, of t- swiveling the chair around and. Yeah. Surprise. Elaine is no longer with us. So she calls 911. The police arrive. They take her into custody. She thinks they're just taking her in to find out, you know, the information of how she discovered her. But it turns out that they are charging her with murder, essentially. They're charging her. They have an open and shut case, essentially. Yes, because only her fingerprints are on the pair of scissors that were used to kill Elaine. First of all, why was Elaine killed? Makes no sense. But that is never even really delved right. into. What was what was the motivation behind killing Elaine? Right. Now, we have to assume that Grace killed Elaine. But again, what? Why? Why would she kill Elaine? It's not like Elaine was like, uh, let me tell you, this woman is, you know, going to wind up trying to kill you too. She was saying none of that. But anyway, they bring her in. They say, your husband's coming. She has the horrible realization that they are charging her with the murder because she has been set up by Grace. It's her fingerprints. And they know that they had, you know, Grace is telling them that she had this discussion the night before and all this stuff, right? So Tom arrives on the scene. Tom. For some reason, again, they're just put in a hallway, just the two of them. She has been accused of murder. Yes. There were there were, she's there are no handcuffs involved. She's no. just sitting there like waiting. Yeah, they're just in a hallway. She says to him, I have to go to the bathroom. Again, why she's even allowed to be sitting on her own, a murder suspect. Right. And she leaves. Murder suspect that they think they have an open and shut case against. Yeah. And she leaves. Again, no one, there's no scene where anyone is concerned that she's gone. No one is like alarmed that this potential murderer is on the loose. She drives two hours. No, no police chase. No, you know, no alerts. Two hours one way. Yeah, two hours one way. To the childhood home of Grace, where she meets her aunt who is also crazy and talking in two different voices. And the aunt pulls out, this was actually one of my favorite parts, pulls out like an old people magazine <laughs> that the cover story is about Grace and her siblings and how they were basically held captive by their parents and, and abused for years until the parents were caught and they went to go live with the aunt. And she tells Mary that Grace has a personality disorder. It it also appears that this woman has a personality disorder, but no one seems to question that. Yeah, there were a lot of problems in that household. So now she finds out that this girl has a split personality, so she drives back. Again, nobody's looking for her. Nobody. Yeah. And somehow the husband has just been released from the police station. He's at home not a care in the world taking a shower that's right he's like taking a shower it's been a long day (laughs) you know although i was jealous of that shower that was a nice looking shower it was a fantastic house all around the whole house was beautiful yeah he is back home taking a shower and she tries to call him to warn him don't let grace in the house because she's a crazy person he misses the call because he's in the shower And lo and behold, Grace now shows up in this sort of dominatrix outfit. (laughs) Now it's clear that she has two different personalities because she's literally uh, going back and forth between the sweet Grace voice and we learn her alter ego is evil Margot. No, Margaret. Margaret. Sorry. (laughs) I wish it was Margot. Yeah, Margaret. And she attacks him and stabs him multiple times in the torso. That's right. Then she just leaves him. Instead of finishing the job, she just leaves him. Right, which I also found strange. It's like, is she trying to not murder him? Like, I, what was the point of that? Well, plus, where was she going? Like, she luckily, she didn't want to harm the children. But where was she running off to? She didn't go anywhere. She was still in the house. Right. I mean, I guess the idea was the inner... First of all, she changed very quickly because she was back in that sundress in about two minutes. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess the idea is that she was 
whatever personality was winning at the time. Yeah. Also to be noted, uh, when I was reading different articles about this today, um, it should, it should be noted that people with multiple personality disorders does not necessarily mean that they're violent killers. And this was just reinforcing this horrible stereotype of that kind of mental illness. Of course. But I would counter that if, if you were trying to seek, um, medical guidance, uh, on, <laughs> on the characteristics of any mental illness, you probably should not consult lifetime style murder movies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the other thing that I, I will say is that Mary more than once tells Grace that she sees so much of herself in Grace. And I don't think there's any similarities between the two of them at all. Yeah. She keeps saying that. She keeps saying like, you're just like me. I see myself in you so much. And I guess she just needs to make out with herself. Yeah. There's a certain, there's a lot of narcissism, but again, what she never elaborates on what those qualities are that she thinks that they're so similar. I know. Sweet and innocent. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. So then Mary comes home. She sees Tom bleeding to death in the shower. (laughs) And then here comes murderous Margaret back on the scene. They struggle. She's able to subdue her. And then, you know, the next thing we know is it's one year later. Yeah. The old one year later. Right. Lower third. Okay. Now, here, let's discuss the ending. And yes. if you don't want to listen to the ending, because this is where it gets interesting. Yeah, the last three minutes. <laughs> so they show Mary and Tom and the kids, and they're all happy and out on the lawn, and she has written her book, and good times aplenty, right? So you think, okay, that's the end. They're kicking the old soccer ball around. Yeah. And those two are like making out again. They're always making still out. Still making out. I mean, yeah. they're still just as horny. Yeah, it's very strange. Um, then cut to Mary goes to what we can only assume is a mental institution. Yeah, some sort of psych- in, inpatient psychiatric hospital. Yeah. And she seems to be a regular because she walks in like, hey, how's it going? And they're like, hey, how, how are you? Yeah, exactly. And who is she visiting but Grace? Now, Grace seems to be fully Grace at this point. She's back to wearing the doll dresses. She's literally playing with, I think she was playing with dolls. Yeah, she had like drawings on the wall. So it seemed like she was a child, basically like the the mind of a child. Yes. And again, to your point, Anne, it seemed like this was a regular occurrence because Mary comes in. She's very happy to see her. And they sit down to play Crazy Eights. Yeah, she, and she's like, what are we doing today? So it's yeah. like a, a regular visitor. Okay. So question number one, of course, is why is Mary going to visit Grace, who tried to kill her and her husband? And killed her best friend. And killed her best friend. But then the last final twist, the last shot of the movie, is a woman dressed the same as the woman who was seen leaving the murder scene of Elaine, exactly the same, walking out of the mental institution. Right, which was, uh, you know, a, a, a khaki raincoat and a uh, scarf over her, over her head and, and sunglasses. So you can't exactly tell who it is. Right. But it's the same outfit, so it's the same woman. Yes. And that's how the movie that's ended. the end. Yeah. Which then says to you, well, shit, what, what was that about? Who is that woman that's emerging from the psychiatric hospital? Yeah. What say you, Chrissy? What's your theory? Well, I read, I read several articles, none of which would, they're like, we're going to unpack the ending. None of them actually unpacked the ending, but <laughs> here's the various options. I've read right. them all. Ready? Oh, okay. I did not read these options. I have my own idea of what I think happened. Okay, well, I don't, I, I don't really, okay. One option is that the entire thing, the, the entire character of Grace and everything that happened was Mary's imagination and it was, that was the book, essentially. That was the book she wrote. Like everything that happened that we saw was actually the book 
though that does not explain why Elaine was dead and because she puts the untitled manuscript on her gravesite. Right. Yes, there's so, a scene after she plays soccer with the family, she stops and visits Elaine's grave and is like, this is for you, Elaine. And right. then goes on to see Grace. Right, and it specifically says untitled. So one theory is that it's untitled because the book is Deadly Illusions. And what we have seen is the playing out of the book and maybe even the fact that Elaine might have been an imaginary character. Mm. That's one theory. Another theory, which I don't think is what happened, is that while in the mental institution, Grace killed Mary and walked out as Mary. Okay, she, Mary was visiting her, Grace then kills Mary and then somehow is able to escape. Right, dressed as Mary. All right which is extremely far-fetched. Although that doesn't really matter in this movie. Right. I mean, I think logic is going to go out the window either way, but yes. Yes. And then the other theory is that if that was, that that was Mary leaving, and then that would say that Mary is the person who killed Elaine because she has her own mental issues. In addition, so Grace had mental issues and Mary had mental issues and Mary killed Elaine. Yes. So of that, I personally am going to choose option three. I think that Mary is the one that has the um, DID, right? Isn't that the correct terminology? Dissociative identity disorder. Nice. I know this from watching, you know, soaps growing up. (laughs) One Life to Live, you know, there was Erica Slezak played Vicky and then she had her you know, split personality, which is Nikki and Nikki caused lots of trouble. Oh yeah. I remember Uh, that. Yeah. And then her daughter, Jessica, the Jess and Tess, you know, but anyway, love it. Um, I think that Kristen Davis had multiple personality disorder. She was, she, when she kept saying to Grace, I see myself in you, it's because it was her. I think she was the one that had a childhood where she was dealing with trauma because there was a scene in which Elaine had that notepad where she had the notes where she, she was saying she was going to see Mary. It said on the pad, possible PTSD question mark, which made oh, yeah. me say, Oh, maybe this is, you know, Mary's trauma from her childhood. Right. And so I think Mary killed Elaine. Yeah. But Why? I mean, I don't know why anyone would kill Elaine, but I think because she she was struggling with with the whole Margaret good bad. She says at one point she's like, "When I write, I yeah." She does say that. I I don't remember what she said. What was her line? Something like she you know, she I, said she goes to a dark place. I go to a dark place. So yeah. I think that you know maybe that's why she gave up writing. Maybe she was murdering people all the time. so wait so wait to clarify are you saying that it actually sounds like you're almost saying option one though Anne. because are you saying that grace existed but i don't think grace existed oh so then you're going with option one well i'm going with option one mixed with three because i think that mary did i think all of those things happened but i just think mary was the one that did them is what i'm saying but that grace didn't exist. Correct. Right. Now, the only thing in that scenario which wouldn't add up is is stabbing the husband. Because everything else you can explain away. Because there's also a part where Mary is calls the um, nanny service and says, you haven't cashed my check. And then they say, oh, well, there's nobody by that name here. What are you talking about? So you could, you could you know, you could write that away to where she, she is imagining that Grace has been coming and everything. The only thing that doesn't make sense is if the husband was in fact stabbed and she did it, how would that work? Well, that, yeah, that only works if, um, that only works if she, if she is having these hallucinations, essentially that's what it would be that she's been hallucinating this whole thing and that her husband's cheating on her. That would be the only reason why she would stab him. I wonder though, and I'm writing my own movie maybe at this point, I feel like Mulroney, like they kind of had an agreement that she was going to stop writing because she goes into her dark place 
maybe he knows because at one point, you know, the police even said, what kind of medication are you on? Are you, so I think that her relationship with, um, um, even Elaine, I mean, Elaine, I think was supposed to be her psychiatrist slash therapist, which I don't understand how they were such good friends socially. Yeah, they can't, yeah, they can't be friends. But that was strange. So I wonder if maybe he knew she did some fucking crazy shit when she was writing these books, but they needed the money. Oh, maybe, well, they, yeah, they never really get into what his money problems were. It's yeah, just like, and he kind of was willing to say, just do it this time because we, you know, they're going to give you this big advance. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the only thing that wouldn't add up. Oh, well, I, I don't, I, there's no scenario that actually makes perfect sense anyway. No, yeah, nothing is going to totally add up 100%. No. But I, I'm pretty certain, I think that there was no real um, grace and that she was a figment of Mary's imagination. That could be, that could be. I did think that, I did think that Mary had killed Elaine. I mean, when I, obviously when I saw the thing, I, I didn't think that that was grace in Mary disguise. No, I think that Mary seemed off kilter from the, literally the first scene. Like I said, when it started, it went, oh, okay. So she's, she's crazy. Yeah, she was crazy. She was she very played weird. It real, real weird. She sure did. So I thought the acting wasn't bad. Well, Anne, is this a Muldoon or a Muldoon't? I mean, I'm gonna give it a Muldoon. I enjoyed myself. Oh my god! You know my rule. I don't believe in guilty pleasures. If I'm enjoying myself, it's just a pleasure. Well, I'm gonna go with Muldoon't. Really? Why? I didn't, I, like I said, I was almost angry. I this but film why? made me angry. Why were you so angry? Despite the fact that their names were Mary and Grace. I'm sorry that that was so <laughs> over the edge. But aside from that, what did you find? So, I mean, it's your run of the mill lifetime movie. I just didn't, I just, I did not enjoy it. I think maybe angry is the wrong word. I was unsettled by the whole thing. The whole story just made me unsettled and i thought that everyone unsettled the three main characters i found all of them very strange obviously we've talked you know about mary and grace but even tom is weird tom is also weird it's like yeah what's up with tom he's up to no good tom's up to no good because there is a scene where mary kind of yells at him and says you know i'm the one that always has to pick up the pieces and be do you know Cause she was, she, she was writing that book to get him out of a jam because he yeah. would, did something where they were losing, lost a lot of money and yes. they really don't kind of elaborate as to what he did. And she said again, so obviously he's continuously doing shit that's fucking up the family. And then she's having to pick up the pieces. Yes. Although in that scene, she was also, that was what I was confused about because she starts that scene by accusing him of having an affair with Grace. And then she says, I'm the one who always has to do this. And then he's confessing. But it's, I'm like, is he confessing or is he agreeing that she does have to pick up the pieces? Or is he agreeing that he's having an affair? It's really not clear what I he's. Know. Yeah, he goes, I messed up. And it's like, yeah. well, what? Like, or maybe that was just a blanket. I messed up because he's done a lot of things. But he's, he's not the best husband. And she certainly is his champion i mean like you said like they're always she's always horny they're always <laughs> doing it he's throwing her in pantries and i mean <laughs> though he did she, make she, dinner she forgives him very easily we'll say she, she forgives him very easily maybe she just invents all of this as a coping mechanism for her life that's out of control yeah well that would i, I mean let me say that would make the movie a little bit more tolerable, but I, I'm full moldon't. I am full moldon't. Full moldon't? You didn't enjoy any of it? No. And the other thing is, I read, I mean, this shouldn't be a surprise, but like Netflix essentially just does a lot of market research on their audience and they kind of like dictate movie plots based on like, you know, oh, this is what this kind of person likes. They want an erotic, it's like a, it's like a punch list. There's nothing like there's nothing organic about it. It's like a manu. It's like the Doritos of movies. I love it. I lo well, you know, I love Doritos. I know. Well, and Doritos do do make many people happy. And you know what? I would love nothing more eating Doritos, well, watching an erotic thriller. That that sounds like a heaven. Oh God. All right, Anne. I think 
I think that's a full pod right there. <laughs> well, I hope that that your opinion does not dissuade people from watching it. I would love I would love to hear other people's opinions on this. The, the only thing that would make me I would feel badly if someone had to pay to see this movie, but if you already have Netflix, I guess you have nothing to lose other than two hours of your life. Yes. And if you do, I mean, you know, I mean, I guess multiple personalities, that isn't something to to joke about, but I mean, it's a, I mean, it's a lifetime movie. It's not, it's not, um, you know, meant to be true, a true diag- diagnostic representation yeah it's it's not it's no fatal attraction that's what really what it is it's kind of like fatal attraction but just not as good oh god i love fatal attraction all right Anne. well what will we come up with next we'll find out next week (laughs) something just as wonderful i hope oh let's let's hope let's hope and follow us on instagram and twitter yeah and rate rate and review rate and review please rate and review that's right please tell your friends and on that note, Anne, I bid you deadly illusions. <laughs> I have no illusions about my feelings about that movie. <laughs> uh, I enjoyed it. I can't help okay. myself. You know what? I'm staying on brand. And that's, there's no such thing as guilty pleasures. Just pleasures. I want some Doritos now. I know. I do like Doritos. I'll just my mama body.